was so well done. It was treat around every corner. I think I left a treat at every corner. I left my sweetheart in there. Yeah, it's still over there somewhere, palpitating. Haunts across the country are rolling out the blood red carpet to welcome couples for a Valentine's evening of treats. Yeah, treats. The first haunt to open was the haunt in Atescadero. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and coming up, we'll go on location to experience their Valentine's Scary Tales Revisited. Stay with us. Oh, I'm so glad you came. <laughs> Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Netherworld to Dark Hour, Area 15, and even Hagrid's Motorbike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. Okay, back to the show. <laughs> the Haunt in Tescadero opened last night and will run their scary tales five select nights through February 14th. I drove over to check it out and I met first with the owner, Chris. My name is Chris Towers. I am the owner and director of The Haunt here in Atascadero. We just finished our sixth Halloween in there, and we just got our lease extension for three more years. We started maybe 10 years ago out of my house, and then we got to the point where we were cleaning all the furniture out of our downstairs and walking people through. We said, all right, this is too much. So about seven years ago, a friend of ours let us borrow a commercial building for the first year. We're like, this is amazing, but you don't realize how much work is involved with setting up an entire building to run for a couple weekends, taking it all down, putting it in a trailer. So fortunately, we found the building we're in now. It also allowed us to start to charge ticket sales and actually get the ticket sales to where we need to be to pay for it. So totally a labor of love. You're never going to make a million dollars doing this, but you're going to have a hell of a lot of fun. It's February and you are open. Tell me about that. We decided that since we sold out during October, there were a lot of people, regular fans, we had to turn away. So we decided to try opening in February so that those people would get a chance to come back and actually experience the hunt. We re-theme every year, so every time you come, you get a different show, but that also means if you've been coming for the last six years and you miss a show, it kind of sucks. So we thought we'd try this Valentine's Day event, and so far it seems okay. So walk us through the story. So this year we decided to do what we're calling Grim Reaper's Fairy Tales. We took your favorite fairy tales as a kid growing up and we twisted them in a dark and evil way. We start off by walking through our typical bayou scene where you're greeted by our swamp creature. Get up in there, they wait for you down to business. Who then brings you into Hansel and Gretel's hut. And in Hansel and Gretel, the witch is going to put you into our oven, which actually doubles as an elevator. Step into my oven. I mean, my dining room. <laughs> Where we drop you down into our basement. Oh, you're going to taste so good. <laughs> and once in the basement, you come out of the elevator and into the mermaid area. So the fishermen have actually caught the mermaid, are in the process of tearing her apart. Fresh mermaid, anyone? <laughs> We go into the mirror, mirror room where we've got a spirit that appears to greet you. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the bravest soul of all? Then we go into the gingerbread room where the gingerbread man has taken over, taken the chef out, and he's torturing him. Run, run, 
Then we go down into the Rapunzel room where instead of having Rapunzel letting down her hair, the evil witch is scalping everyone and stealing all of their hair. Then we push you up into the Snow Queen room where the Snow Queen uh, has done a few little mischievous things to our prisoner to scare you all the way out. Something I thought that was unique when I went through the haunt was how there was so many effects in each scene, and there's just really a lot of show control happening on here. So can you talk a little bit about that and why you made that artistic decision? Years ago when we first got into this, we tried to do just actor-driven, and it's very hard when you're running an all-volunteer cast. And then we got talked into going to more of a show control entire show, and that doesn't work. Your crowd and your audience is just too hard to predict. So what we've tried to do is a very balanced show, if you will, where we give the actors some control and the computer controls some, so you get that animatronic side for the consistency, but then the actor still gets free reign. And so instead of having two distinct different types in the room, now you've got a cohesive environment where they each support each other and it makes for a really, really good show. But does it make for a good show? I waited outside and asked some guests what they thought of it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, that was amazing. Thank you, you guys do an amazing job. Amazing, amazing job. There is nothing more wonderful than getting the crap scared out of you. Why not, why does it have to just be October? <laughs> You really figure out who the person is when you take them through the haunted house, right? Yes, right I learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> They're open like also next weekend. So what would you tell people that are like, haunted houses in February, what? Oh, do it, do it. What What are you going to go do? Buy a bunch of candy or go get the crap scared out of you and laugh your ass off? Yeah, Come on. that was so much fun. Yeah. That was a blast. Yeah, and they totally knocked the doors off every time. I'm always just absolutely delighted, so I knew it would be a good time. Well, I guess that settles that. Here's Chris again. One thing that we do is a simulated elevator. The elevator itself is actually on airbags, so when you walk in, there's a sliding platform you walk through, and then you go into the elevator, so as the car doors close, the elevator airbags will send to drop the actual car you're in, Meanwhile, the roof is on a winch system, so the roof actually rises up to the ceiling of the building as we dim the lights. Technically, the elevator goes down about five inches, but the ceiling adds another six feet of movement, plus dimming the lights. You really feel like you've gone down a 30-foot elevator shaft. And then by the time the elevator gets to the bottom and the car doors open, the sliding platform outside has shifted, so now you're in a whole different environment than you went in in. Now they're less focused on what's real and what isn't real, and their mind is in that scene we are presenting them. We do design and build everything ourselves. Yeah. I literally design our own circuit boards for our show control, have them sent to China, and they come back, and then we put it all together and make all this work. And it, it's just, it's so much fun. And then I do that for the electronics, but then we have people that do that for costumes. It is such an amazing thing to be around such good people with such talent. I love it. You know, right now, it I feel like it's everywhere where you're looking at staffing shortages and people struggling to open, but yet here we have, you're running a volunteer event 
and you have enough actors to operate in the middle of February. So what do you think explains that? I think it really comes down to we run this as a family. I've got friends in here that are 16 to 68, and they are the best people I've ever met in my life. We hang out all the time. We play games. We do have game nights. We go to the movies. And what's fun is everybody brings something different to the table. I am terrible at everything but the electronics and the building, but I've learned to sew from the people here. I've learned a little bit about latex and makeup. It's just... It's so much fun to be able to tap into other people's skills and learn with them. It's one thing for the owner to say that their volunteers feel like a family. But what about the volunteers? Do they feel like a family? I stopped two of the team members to ask their thoughts. Mo Langstaff is my name, and I help with costumes and design and acting. And I have an absolute ball here. <laughs> In this particular production, I got to be Hansel and Gretel witch. <laughs> My name is Trevor. I've been doing this for about eh, six, seven years now. I started off as an actor, but then got involved in the production of it. Creature character is my, my strong suit, so they usually put me in those positions where I'm down on the ground or doing things that usually don't require a lot of talking. I'm more just <laughs> making noises at people. They welcome those opinions and listen to us. The first room I did, he said, well, what do you want to do? And I go, well, all right, and we, make, and we make it work. It's really phenomenal, and particularly over the summer, there's a wide variety of people that come and help. And it is kind of like a family. We've talked about, <laughs> Trevor and I were just talking about that. A lot of teenagers that come here too over the summer, it gives them an opportunity to be doing something with their time. And the skills that Chris and Trevor, you know, they teach as far as using tools and paint and construction and everything. So it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it is definitely a, a group effort and a family. It always helps to have multiple angles of viewpoints to kind of help refine something into something that not just one person will appreciate, but everyone will appreciate. We put such a prevalence on including not just a couple people's opinion on what the show should be. We listen to like all of our parts of the show like that sense of inclusionness, as I think is why a lot of people come back because they feel like they're including the process. They have a sense of like, this isn't just something I'm doing. This is something that like, I was a part of and I helped put together. There's a lot of people that just generally have a good time when they come through and it just makes you feel good at the end of the night. Here's Chris again. And when I asked him about next year, you could really hear that sense of collaborative idea generation. So we decided to go with vampires for next year. And we're gonna to get together in about two weeks and we just start going room by room and somebody will throw out an idea and that'll trigger somebody else and it's like a giant brainstorming session. And it just grows and grows and which is great for us because that excitement level builds. And as that excitement level builds, the ideas get better, people get more involved and it's just amazing to see what we come up with. When people bring their parents through, their family, their wives and it's like, I built this. This is my thing and it's like, when it's in the light, you don't appreciate it as much, but as soon as the show lights come on and the fog comes on or the sound effects come on and that whole room comes to life, it's like there's no words to describe that. Why do you think that you and the team do this? For me, it all started because I just love to build things, love to tinker, love to experiment, want to make things move. And so that's how I got started in this. But then as time went on, you start to see people coming out and they say, thank you, thank you. And I will never forget, I was at the grocery store in line 
And this guy comes up to me and he goes, are you the guy from the haunted house? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, I got to tell you, I brought my wife in there. Your actor scared the crap out of us so bad. She ended up reaching behind me, grabbed your actor, and dragged this actor halfway through the haunt, thinking it was me, saw it was the actor she had grabbed and lost her mind. And that was a memory that that guy is never gonna forget. Neither, but his wife won't either. I really affected those people and I gave them that memory they're gonna hang on to. That for me kind of did it. It's like, we're not just doing something to scare people. We are giving people something they're gonna remember. They're gonna talk about that for when they're at home, for years, they tell their friends. It's just, it's a thing now. And be careful, the witches will be looking for you. Make your way through the wolf's forks and past the Snow Queen's castle. And as long as she doesn't catch you, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. Today's episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com slash demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Hauntopic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.